Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing on our set of shows to talk about the upcoming free agent class and not just the UFAs that are out there that I think a lot of people know about, but we're doing the uh, potential cap cuts and looking at those. Uh, joining us, Connor Hartman, who's done a lot of work on this, and, and Connor, really appreciate having you on again. Thanks for having me, Ken. It's great to be back. All right. Outstanding stuff here. Today we're going to talk about the interior defensive line, uh, the one, three, and 5 techs. Uh, don't play outside linebacker. They don't drop to coverage much in the Ravens system, or at least they haven't the last couple of years. Um, but they also, unfortunately, haven't produced much in terms of pass rush for the last few years for the Ravens. Yeah, and that's what the Ravens were really hoping to get out of a guy like Justin Matabuike. And hopefully he will continue to you know, elevate year over year. You make a, uh, a good point with Matabike that, that is important. He's the Ravens' really only good young player at this point, and he plays a three-tech. The other guy they have who's young, and, and it, I don't think he's proven at this point, is Broderick Washington, also a three-tech. They don't have a pure nose who's young. They don't have a five-tech who's young, and Campbell you know, is not signed for the year. Wolf you know, we really don't have a good sense of whether he's going to play again or not. He's signed for two more years. But uh, honestly, the way I look at it, it would just be kind of a bonus if he played in 2022. Yeah, I think that's ultimately the attrition that the Ravens had there. They were effectively drafting a defensive tackle, uh, any I you know interior defensive lineman for years and years and years towards, you know, the end of Ozzy's tenure. And they were so deep at that position that they slowly just had to end up cutting these guys. Including and, Zach Sealer, who ended up being really good. As, as well as trading Chris Wormley, who yep. has done really good one. pretty well as, with, in uh, Pittsburgh as well. I, I believe he earned himself a contract extension fairly recently. And it stinks because now the Ravens have gotten really old there. And mm-hmm. there's less promise in the in the youth of the defensive line whereas if maybe they were able to keep some of those guys and develop them further they would uh not be in this position there now yeah absolutely i mean the they, they, two years ago they brought in three players or they had three players that they labeled the monsters of course and and uh, it's fairly likely none of them will be playing in baltimore this year wolf of course if he plays it's a bonus but that'd be that'd be nice calais campbell we're going to talk a little, little bit about on this show i think we both agree connor and i do that he'd be a guy that the ravens and ravens fans would love to have back just don't know if they can afford it i mean it'd probably be a one-year deal uh just do not know if they if they can find a way to make that work and then, of course, Brandon Williams, who the Ravens' run defense has always suffered when he's been out, didn't have a great year last year. Uh, interestingly enough, came back and played very well in the season finale against Pittsburgh. And that was really nice to see. He had his best game of the year in the very last game. Uh, not impossible that he'd be back on a one-year deal because the Ravens don't have anybody at nose. But a lot of this stems from last year's draft that the Ravens, despite being extremely old at the position, you can add Justin Ellis to that group, uh, did not draft a single defensive lineman. 
And part of that was that I think they made a bad choice with their last pick in taking Ben Mason. They had other guys like Chris Tonga who were out there that they could have had, uh, but they or, or a developmental tackle also. But the other part of it was that uh, with the COVID year in college football, they didn't really trust, I think, all of what they knew about their small school players from scouting that they'd done in previous years and projecting development for those players and whatnot. A lot of those guys will be coming out this year. It should be, despite the fact some people would tell you otherwise, it should be a pretty decent year for defensive line draft picks. And I expect the Ravens to double dip at the position with the number of picks they have and try and get younger on the interior. Yeah, the uh, great thing about this draft is that it looks to be a little bit deeper especially in the defensive line than the draft last year. It, lo- it looks like there's going to be a few of those guys that could play pretty pretty well at positions like nose tackle in the fourth round where the Ravens are pretty flush with picks. Right. So you have five fourth-round picks again this year, I think, or it's, it's, it's a number anyway. It's, it's either four or five, I, I think. It's, I believe they have a one first, one second, two-thirds, so then, yeah, maybe that would be five fourth round picks. Yeah. All right, so ex- exciting, and we'll see uh, we'll see where the Ravens go on the defensive line. But but now let's talk free agency because they obviously have some options in the draft. They have two guys who I think are are going to be on the team. They have a third guy in Wolf who may or may not play, but it would be you know it'd be a bonus certainly if he did. And then they probably need to go out and get three more bodies. And, you know, some camp bodies as well, but three more bodies that will be on the roster during the season to fill out a kind of a typical set of six defensive linemen they'd have on the team, six interior guys. So who who do you see as being reasonable free agents for the Ravens, uh, you know, given some cap constraints that they'll face this year? Yeah. So you talked about it a little bit earlier with Clayus Campbell. I think that honestly, after looking at the whole free agent process and the free agent pool of every position, I think that Clayus Campbell might be the number one priority for the Ravens to resign in this offseason. I think that they just have a massive hole in the defensive line, as we've kind of talked about, especially with this free agent process coming. I believe Derek Wolf just had his hip surgery, mm-hmm. um, as well as having some back problems last year, which could mean that he could struggle to get on the field as you were talking about in 2022 and clay's played really well the last couple of years he was a little bit banged up uh two years ago but last year he played great and i believe he's already announced that he's not going to retire so i think that the ravens should really look to bring him back and i think that would do a lot to fill up that room be very interesting to see what kind of market there is for calais uh whether whether he's got a you know a one-year deal at who knows how much, honestly, because it won't be, I don't think it'll be a vet minimum deal. Uh, So it'll likely be some deal where they may disguise a one-year contract as a two-year contract, which is often done for retiring players. They'll give them, you know, two years, 16 million or something. And it's, you know, half now, half later kind of thing. The team can book it at a lower amount in terms of the, the uh, cost of this year's cap. And there's, there's probably a team out there that would love to have Calais Campbell for one year and put it on the credit card, so to speak, for next year. I don't think that's the Ravens, uh, given how they're structured. But, uh, but the Ravens are, are, are going to have to pay him something to play. One of the things I noticed you know, from doing the defensive scoring every week and, the, and the, you know, looking at the, at the 
film play-by-play is we really try and take notes on every exceptional play that a player has. And Campbell completely dominates those notes that we take. I mean, it completely dominates it on defense. By far the Ravens' best defensive player. And that's despite a you know a really low sack total. But he gets pressure regularly. He's often blowing up run plays even where he's not making the tackle. Uh, so he's, he's a, a very versatile player that can play uh, you know, opposite a guard over center, if you need him to play there, on particularly when you have when they have all the offensive, uh, sorry, the outside linebackers on the field, or he can play on the edge. And so, you know, a, a five techs, some five techs can play the edge well. Other five techs can't play the edge well, and you really have to have an outside linebacker outside them anyway. Well, Campbell's a guy who's versatile enough to do it both ways, um, and obviously he's been a, a fantastic player in two years here with the Ravens. Yeah, and I think right now what we're seeing in the league in general, too, is that just the prospects that are coming out of college on the defensive line in the last few years haven't been as good. And I don't know what the in particular reason is for that, but I think it's starting to show in the league. You can start to see after Calais in this defensive line pool, there's a huge drop off. Mm -hmm. Well, the Ravens have been very good both at finding guys at small schools who who weren't thought of very highly, but also finding guys in the UDFA pool. Uh, Brandon Williams, of course, was a third-round pick from a small school uh, that made a lot of sense. But but Michael Pierce, he was undrafted. Uh, Ricard, undrafted. Uh, you know, and and they've had some good success at picking up defensive linemen that way. And I think this is a year where there are going to be in total around the NFL, more draftable players among the teams than there are spots. Uh, So nobody's going to be reaching for a Mr. Irrelevant. They're going to be trying to figure out how can we get these guys as UDFAs and the Ravens. This is a year where they need to work their small school magic and make sure that they understand what's going on with these players better and select a good group. Uh, I don't think it's hard to sell opportunity with the Baltimore Ravens, particularly on the defensive line this year. And this ought to be an opportunity to pick up one guy there, maybe one guy at inside linebacker too, who the Ravens really like, where they, a position where they had success with uh, with UDFAs. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Let's let's talk about some players, Connor, that are on your list for that are that are exciting possibilities on the interior that that would maybe come from other teams. Sure, the one guy that. And this is a contingency if the uh, Ravens are not able to re-sign Clays Campbell. He's a uh, free agent, and his, his name is Justin Jones, who right now he's 26 years old. Now, the issue is the Chargers are flush with cap space, so mm-hmm. and he's played fairly decently you know, the last couple of years, as, or else we wouldn't be really talking about him in this, in this podcast. And he's probably a guy as we kind of talked about with having this huge pool of players and not really as much quality as there has been in the past, they might overvalue him out of the uh, Ravens market. I mean, he's a guy who's been okay in his four years. I, I, I would like to hear what Chargers fans would have to say about whether or not he's benefited from the Ingram and Bosa years. And, and he's basically played, alongside those guys for this time. So has he been one of the guys who's benefited? There have been other guys who come in there. Phylon comes to mind as being a guy who was, who was really better 
that I think we realized when he was with the Chargers. But has Justin Jones really benefited from playing next to Bosa or, or next to Ingram uh, earlier on? Uh, and I, and I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, he's, he has played mostly pass rush snaps as, as opposed to run defense or at least a, a normal kind of a split. So I really I couldn't tell you honestly whether or not he's been a guy that uh, that might have benefited from Bosa to a great degree. Yeah, um, and they also went pretty young at the defensive mm-hmm. line a few years back. Um, I think his name escapes me now, but I know that he's struggled to really make a strong impact for them. And as, as you can see with a lot of the mock drafts right now, you can usually tell what uh, what position that the teams are struggling with, mm-hmm. right? So the Ravens oftentimes are being mocked corners based on the injuries from last year, pass rushers based on some of the historical issues the Ravens have had at that position in the last few years and defensive line and uh, tackles. Well, right now the Chargers are being mocked in very many mock drafts to get an interior defensive lineman with their first pick in the first round. All right, let's talk some other players. I'll ask about one right away because he's a guy who absolutely killed the Ravens in the game against the Rams was Ashawn Robinson. Uh, Interior player, uh, probably be a guy uh, who could either play some smaller nose or uh, you know, play a play a three or five tech spot for the Ravens if that was where they needed him to play. Uh, what do you think of him? I think Ashawn Robinson would be a great get if the Rams end up cutting him, and that's a big if. Right now, the Rams are sitting at about fourteen million over the cap um, when I did this, which was about a week ago. So it might be, you know, they might be in a better situation now. The issue with the Rams is they can generate a lot of cap flexibility by extending Matt Stafford. Um, it really just depends on if they want to run it back, if they want to keep you know, Sean Robinson, if they want to re-sign Odell Beckham Jr., if they feel comfortable that he can play this upcoming season, if they want to re-sign Von Miller, if they want to re-sign, I believe, Darius Williams. There's a lot of guys that they can re-sign, and maybe they'll – cut loose a guy like Ashawn Robinson because they feel really comfortable with the play from their general generational talent and Aaron Donald to take over the line by himself. But I think Ashawn Robinson would be a great fit for the Ravens. I think that he's definitely one of the players on this list that I think could fill in somewhat admirably for Clayus if Clayus were to leave. Yeah, I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be excited to have him. I think he's a player who fits in a lot of different spots for the Ravens, but uh, but could end up playing five. Uh, who's your next guy? Let's see. I will go down to some of the free agents on this list, and a guy that I think could really provide some positive output for the Ravens. He didn't play a lot of snaps in 2021, only playing. 41 snaps in 2021 with about 300 snaps in 2020. Um, He he was cut loose by the Raiders and he ended up on the 49ers, uh, him and uh, Arden Key. So it was Maurice Hurst. Mm -hmm. He played solid last couple of years. I believe he fell down in the draft his year. I think the, uh, the PFF guys loved him that year. Considered yeah, he had a heart problem or something. I think at the time, and the, and that's why he fell in the draft. 
Yeah, I believe uh, but, so. But that that really hasn't shown up, I don't think, as far as his pro career. And he's and he's been a hell of a player now for four years. Uh, didn't didn't play a lot of didn't didn't play very long last year. Uh, but he's still under. He'll be twenty seven in May. That is going to be pretty young for the defensive interior guys. A lot of those guys are guys that get held back in eighth grade. They end up entering the draft a year late, and uh, uh, they often can be 23 in their rookie rookie years. But uh, but he's a younger one, and a uh, guy who's a, a, a pretty exciting player in terms of what you might get. Yeah, and I talked about this on our pass rusher discussion, but I think that realistically the Ravens best option that they can do on this defensive line mm-hmm. is look at a lot of these free agent type players, maybe some of the cut candidates that have had somewhat positive play that are still fairly early in their career, maybe in the middle of their career and signing a bunch of them to lesser deals to kind of build up that defensive line that we were talking about. That was something that the Bengals did last year that really worked out to their favor And that's another guy I'll transition into the next player who was on the Bengals for the Super Bowl run. Uh, One one more point I want to make about Hurst, though. Uh, He's he's a three all the way, you know, at uh, 291 pounds. He's an undersized kind of a three, a a penetrating three, a pass rushing three. And, you know, it's easy to fall in love with these guys because they tend to be better pass rushers. But you can't have a bunch of them on the team. You just you can't you can't play defensive line in a normal three four front or even a uh, many fronts that the Ravens would would more typically play, including what they what they throw out there on pass rush downs with guys like Hurst, who, uh, you know, fill largely the same role as Matabike does. So while I like him and I think he, you know, he could really help the Ravens in terms of of. uh, of, of being a, a good penetrating three tech. I mean, that's really what Justin Matabike does for the Ravens and Matabike is even younger. So you, you, you're probably going to stay with him. And then Broderick Washington is the, you know, the reasonable backup for him. Yeah. I, I also do think that Broderick Washington really could ascend this upcoming season. I think that he's outperformed his draft status. Absolutely. With the Ravens, but Talking talking about one of those Bengals guys mm-hmm. was BJ Hill. Uh, yes. I think BJ Hill is going to be um, a free agent in this upcoming year. He's played reasonably well, both for I believe it was the Giants in uh, 2020 and the Bengals in 2021. And he's still pretty young. He's 27, and he was playing reasonable snaps. I think he had 500 about 500 snaps at, in 2021 with solid grading. I think that that would be a really plus player that the Ravens can bring on. All right. Let me ask you about another player who's on the Ravens, or at least people think of him as being on the Ravens, but Isaiah Mack, who came in and played a few snaps for the Ravens, looked really good in one game in December, and I couldn't even tell you which it was. It was among the the losing streak that we should never speak of again. Well, we probably will speak of it all the time, but uh, Isaiah Mack came in and had a big game. I think it was against the Bengals actually at home. No, it wasn't. That would have been on the road. Could have, but it could yeah, have been I think Isaiah that Mack, Mack uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Mack was one of those guys that may have been on the Ravens practice squad in 2020 as well. He might have been part of that team that uh, practice squad players that went up against the Steelers. 
No, no, uh, no, he was not. Aaron Crawford was. Some other guys came in on the interior okay. line, but but he was with Tennessee and New England. And the thing about Mac is that he's been in the league a lot longer than people realize. So I think he might be coming into his fourth year. So he's either an RFA or he's a he's just a free agent, and he he might not be restricted. I, he may be a UFA for for all I know, but he might be also be an RFA if the and where the Ravens have an opportunity to tender him here. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he did come out in 2019. I don't know his actual status, Played at Tennessee, then Tennessee, New England, then Baltimore and, and his, his game effectively at Baltimore, uh, was at, was against Cincinnati and he, and he really had a nice pass rush game contributed to three different sacks in that game. Uh, he, the, the, the problem is that he is your more prototypically sized three tech, uh, and you know he, he probably would make a good backup for Matabike, but he, but he's not in you know he, he doesn't provide you with the other positional needs at nose tackle and at, at five tech that the Ravens really need. So Isaiah Mack, I'm looking on over the cap right now. He was mm-hmm. one of the guys that the Ravens re-signed very early in the process to one of those small, um, right below a million dollar deals. It was him and uh, Kayvon Seymour. Oh, so they've, they've already got him. He's on a futures deal. Yep, both of them. Oh, terrific. Okay. All right, terrific. That's 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 very good news. That's uh, he's definitely a player who could be he could be playing for the Ravens this year somewhere. He's still a young guy too, under twenty six. Turned twenty six. Yeah, I think he was March. one of those guys that I think they waited a little bit to re-sign him to a futures deal. I think there was the cutoff was on one day and i think they might have signed him um right on the day of the cutoff i believe Hmm. it was uh i remember there was the uh, very like in-depth ravens twitter analysis of people being scared that we weren't going to sign isaiah mack to the uh, futures deal for like that two-day period because uh what you were saying he had a uh, he had a few really good games for the ravens last season and clearly the fans won him back and and we're we're a couple of those guys that are happy to have him back. Yeah, I I now see he signed he signed for one year for nine hundred and sixty five thousand. So that's if that's not the minimum, it's pretty close to the minimum, and they they may have guaranteed some of that. I really don't know. Uh, it does does not show one over the track over the cap, but uh, but they might have guaranteed some some portion of that. I think that's the minimum uh, futures deal for a third year player is nine sixty five. Okay. Um, that's that's so just a small tangent on that right each each year the future contracts increase in value mm-hmm. right so you, some of the guys right now you'll see they're at 705 i believe they're on the first year then you'll see the 895 i believe are the second year and the 965 are the third year guys and then the vet minimum once you get past that point i believe is around 1.2 1.3 million in uh, 2022 Okay. All right. Good to know. Let's, let's talk about other players you like on the interior and, and give us some guys maybe at nose tackle who you think might make sense for the Ravens. Sure. So I'll, I'll get another Ram in here, Sebastian Joseph day. And he's another guy. And on this, I'm really trying to hit the guys that are under 30. That could be ascending Mm -hmm. players. He had a really solid 2020 season and was a little bit less good in 2021, but he he plays nose tackle as per their depth chart. And 
think that if the Ravens sign him, similarly, he could be another one of those guys that could fall out in the, uh, the Rams free agent process as they try to really go all in. Maybe they'll see him as a luxury then ends up going to the free agent market. Moderately undersized at six four three ten. You know, I, I I like nose tackles who are like three thirty and up, basically. And yeah, you know, three twenty five I guess is okay. But a guy's down there playing at you know three ten or you know three o two three o five. I kind of think their only position is three tech, and that's that's one of the issues. Now it might be that Joseph Day is a guy who could play five tech at his height. Uh, and I don't really know what the Rams have done to try and have him play there, but it looks like he's been a three and one guy for the Rams, and and that's a that's a unit where you can get away with that because it's such a talented front. You know, they've got Floyd and Donald and all those guys that basically, if you have a nose that really isn't too gapping it, you still got players who can make athletic plays around that. Um, to stop the run game. So I think you can get away with with being not that great a player. And I think the Rams, it looks like, have gone to Gaines as their primary guy at nose tackle now. So I, I, Joseph Day is probably a guy that does end up on the market. Be an interesting one. I mean, it's, I wouldn't be totally opposed to it because he's at least young enough, but I'm not excited by it either in terms of, a, of, of him being a great prospect for the Ravens. Well, that's, that's really the issue with this market right now is that as kind of what we were talking about, Mac, and the issue that the Ravens have is you were saying they have three three techniques and they don't really have the other guys to fill out the stable. Right. Is with the lack of the defensive tackle talent that's been coming in the draft the last few years, the uh, teams have to get a little bit creative with how they build their defensive line. Right. It's very, it's very true. I mean, the, the COVID year, the position that was left out of the draft more than any other was nose tackle. And so it's, it was one where, you know, they just being overweight was a comorbidity. A lot of, you know, heavier players decided they wanted to take the year off. And then you also had a multiplicative factor there that the, the small schools took the year off anyway. And so it, it, the opt outs uh, really hurt the quality of that defensive line draft. The guys who did stick it out and, and you know, played through the year ended up, you know, I think getting probably overdrafted in a, in a, in a large sense. And then there were a few of them that I was surprised they weren't drafted, you know, until very late. And, and Chris Tonga being, you know, one of the big names there in terms of a guy who, who would look really good in Ravens purple right now. Did we already talk about Michael Pierce? We have not talked about Michael Pierce. And that is another great player to uh, bring up. I think the dream scenario for the Baltimore defensive line is if the Vikings end up cutting Michael Pierce and the Ravens end up re-signing Calais Campbell, you bring Michael Pierce back to take over effectively Brandon Williams' role and, in effect, is what a lot of fans would have wanted a few years back. What, what do you draft Okay, how are you going to get younger on the defensive line? Let's say, I, and I love that idea. I love if they somehow could get Pierce and Campbell, I'd be over the moon in terms of the Ravens' uh, opportunity to play defense again. Pierce has had some injury problems in Minnesota, so it really hasn't worked out for him in the in the two years there. He certainly will be cheap coming back. 
um, and, and great run stuffer with the Ravens, to be sure. Campbell does it all well, and so you know he would give the Ravens what they want in terms of of an interior presence there. But how, how would you? What would you expect the Ravens to draft and get younger? I really think that we talked about it a little bit before, but I think that there's realistically the Ravens could look in their fourth round with all their picks, and maybe they just take two guys that in that fourth round. I think that there's good value there. Um, they could just see, hey, you know, we have a big defensive tackle. We'll kick him in the nose and take a couple guys there and hopefully see if one comes out and ends up being a really solid player to uh, for the youth of the team. Okay, so they get, they get a nose. I, it, to, to me, they kind of need to get a five. And I, it's, it's, there's a certain foolishness to even drafting fives at the NFL level because 11 personnel has taken over to such a degree that teams rarely play three down linemen. So you don't play nearly as much base defense anymore, which means you, quote unquote, don't have a need for a five. But then a really good five has a lot of versatility. And Wolf and Campbell have both been that in the past. Uh, that, that can play, you know, can play three or can play on the edge um, of a front if you need them to do that and, and allow your your one of your outside linebackers to play off ball. Uh, I think you, you get the Ravens' technique in drafting fives has been to draft be draft guys who are very tall at the position uh, as their primary characteristic. Just like a tackle, they've gone for arm length at at five technique. Brent Urban. And of course, the signing of Campbell fits into exactly to this. But Zach Sealer was the same kind of thing. In fact, Ozzy was on the phone with Sealer and said, "You know, my last draft pick. That was the first thing." He goes, "I looked at your height and I said, you look like a five tech to me.'" <laughs> I'm like, "That's exactly the way the Ravens have done it over the years." Um, Price, Trevor Price, they brought in similar, larger than the rest of the league at that time, uh, player who. Uh, uh, who the Ravens brought? Chris Wormley, frankly, is 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 very similar in terms of that as being a guy the Ravens drafted as a five. So they, they really draft height first, and and they like those guys who are very tall. And I'm just wondering if there's if there's a guy out there who fits that that mold. Don't be surprised if the Ravens take him six five and up, uh, who's out there to, to to be their next five tech. Yeah, I think the issue ultimately is that those type of guys are a premium in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, if you're going to take the uh, draft strategy, the, uh, the nose tackles are a little bit less valued. Yes. You can just kind of bring on a big guy, and that's why the value holds up really well in the third and fourth round for those type of guys. So if that's really – I know we've talked about this a lot on this, on this podcast, but Calais is really going to be the premium that they really need to sign. And while I'll buy it, it's really just a one-year – type of holdover they're uh it's the really their best bet if they're gonna clear that position right well i i will point out brent urban was a four and zach sealer was a seven so the ravens have been able to get value late on their five techs too so wormley wormley was what a wormley was a three i think wasn't he i think he was a third yep. yeah i think you're right so he was one of the guys he got they got him in exchange for Jernigan, effectively, they they got an extra late third round pick. I think so. That was the that was that trade. Uh, all right. Well, exciting stuff. Uh, anybody else you want to talk about before we get off air here? Let's see, let's go down here. Yeah, there, there's a few guys. I think the um, one of the guys that I do want to talk about a little bit 
And it's because the, the Bears are going to have two defensive linemen that are going to kick out into free agency this period. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's maybe a similar situation to when um, Nick Kwiatkowski, I believe is his name, the uh, linebacker, came, came loose in uh, Chicago. And he ended up ultimately going to Oakland at the time, now Las Vegas Raiders. But it's Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols. Mm-hmm. And the Bears very well might look to extend Hicks as he's been really a player that's played really well for them historically. And they like him a lot. And it could free up Nichols to be one of the young players to hit the market in this defensive line group. So I'm looking up Nichols now to see just what age he is. Okay, so still 25, won't actually be 26 until opening day. Uh, That's exciting in terms of getting a young player. Unfortunately, I think he's probably the kind of player that either the Bears or somebody else will value pretty highly as an ascending player. But uh, he's already put some pass rush stats on the day. He's a pure pass rusher, uh, doesn't drop to cover. Now, you wouldn't expect him to because he's not an outside linebacker. But still, uh, penetrating three-tech also looks to be more than what he is than a five. Uh, am I wrong on that? Um, I, think, I think you're right. Okay, so he's listed at LDT here on your sheet. I'm just wondering if, if, if he played most of his snaps there or whatnot. Um, but that's a, a, you know, it's one of those... Um, positions where the Ravens are actually fairly well stocked and if they I I, 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 if they're going to spend money which they probably would to send spend nickels I don't see them spending it at three tech I'd see them spending it at five or at nose but not at three tech and and honestly I think that, that it's more likely they won't spend it at all on the defensive line if they don't get Clayus Campbell back I, I agree. I agree. I think realistically, if I were going to put, you know, all of my, you know, tokens in and as a gambling type of scenario, mm-hmm. I would probably go. Calais is probably going to be the guy that the Ravens are going to bring back in this position group. And if a guy like Michael Pierce ends up coming free, they'll probably go and get him to bring him back to Baltimore. Yeah, it'd be exciting. If they, a vet, Michael Pierce on a vet minimum deal would love that. Michael Pierce, you know, Two million a year for two years, kind of thing. I love that. Michael Pierce for four or five million for AAV for you know two years or even three. I don't love that. I mean, the Ravens have a tremendous need, and they and they probably are going to have to stretch out this youthification of the defensive line over two years because they just can't do it in one. They can't draft everybody they need in in one draft uh, to get it done. They 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 just won't have the blocks to, to keep it going. So they've got to use multiple sources here, but you know, it's one of the things, and I don't put a lot of stock into the, the kind of discussions that happen after the season, but DaCosta has nailed it on the head when he said they had a couple of grizzled war horses. I forget if that's the exact word he used, but it was like that, that were out there playing defensive line last year. and They really need to get younger at the position. There's no greater need on defense to get younger than on that defensive line. I think they're, they, they will naturally say goodbye to, to – uh, Williams because of that, even though I think he probably, probably still helps some team, but they're also probably going to say goodbye to Campbell. Uh, and Wolf, it's only a matter of the fact that the Ravens don't save anything by cutting him, that they probably won't cut him. And they'll they'll hope for the best, and if it works out, great, and he'll play some snaps for them in, in 2022. Yeah, and ultimately, I think that the defensive line is probably the Ravens' biggest need right mm-hmm. now. 
across the board. I think there's if Campbell and Williams end up leaving in free agency, there's going to be massive holes in that defensive line group. And because of that, they very well could try and take one of those premium picks, um, whether that be the first or the second round and spend it on a defensive lineman just because right now right, the free agent class really isn't there. The free agent cut class really isn't there. And the defensive line group, while it's deep and, you know, some of, maybe some of the bigger guys for nose tackle as it generally is in the draft, you know, there's, there's a couple guys from Georgia, right. Which are really high up in a lot of people's boards that the Ravens might go to some of the early picks as a few of the other guys in the uh, second round. Like, you know, their value is there. Yeah. Yep. Exciting stuff. Well, uh, Connor, really appreciate having you on again. You, you do a lot of work to prepare this, and I, I appreciate that. And the way you've got it laid out here is uh, is nice. Ravens, obviously, a very difficult set of circumstances they're facing on the interior. Uh, we'll have Connor back for more shows. Connor, tell folks again where, you, where they can find you on Twitter. Yep, I'm Raven CPA on Twitter. And if you need to reach out to me, just reach out to me there. I'll say you're the easiest one of all. You know, you don't have like three places you're writing, and you know, two other places where you occasionally post stuff online. But that's at Raven CPA. That makes it real easy. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to get on a show, uh, we're doing the Fix the Ravens series right now. Hit me up with a DM on Twitter. If you have an idea for a different show or a couple of shows, that's fine too. In the off season, always looking for good Ravens discussion, and I'm really enjoying everybody out of meeting on this. It's it's great to talk to you, Connor. It's great to meet other people as well, and uh, we're going to have Connor back on for more of these shows to go through the rest of the positions. Really appreciate all your work you've done, Connor. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.